Welcome to the Flower Hour Podcast, the podcast where conversations blossom. It is your boy, Sean Flores. If you love this podcast and you've really enjoyed it, please share, subscribe and follow and look forward to the journey we will be going on. Hey everybody, you're joined here for a very special Flower Hour. We're doing something a little bit different in my podcast this week, this month, however long this goes on for, I'm joined here by Aminata, a contestant Hello. from the All African Colours English competi- England competition, part of the Miss England competition. And I'm really excited to have you on as my first interviewee that we're going to be speaking about why you've entered the contest, what you're passionate about, and just you as a person. And I think it's so important for us as individuals to see that models or anyone who's in a beauty contest is more than just pretty or more than just beautiful you have substance behind you so how are you feeling today i'm feeling really good i'm actually quite excited for this interview i've been looking forward to it so thank you for having me on anytime because i know the world's dealing with covid in a very strange way at the moment right yeah definitely i think i think we we all feel or i'd like to think that most people feel kind of enclosed in at the moment and it's all about sort of coping with the space that you have I've definitely been having to adjust with the way I've been working with the way I kind of like have to deal with my family I've got a big family and so it's all about like managing that space (laughs) and negotiating (laughs) time to spend together and time alone as well no absolutely and I think COVID's probably shaken the way that the contest has gone and how have you found you've been able to deal with that Oh, yeah. I mean, normally it would have been kind of in person and I'm based in the north of England. So the northwest of England and pretty much I think most people are based in the south. So I would have had to kind of gone traveling up and down <laughs> down the country to get there. But um, it means now everything's kind of here and uh it's it's virtual it does make things harder because i've not met any of the girls um i've not many met any of my sisters yet i i hope i will meet them in london on the 12th when the finale is um so hopefully i'll meet them then but so far i've not met anyone i've not met the people the admin team the managers or anything like that so Mm. it's all kind of just zoom really absolutely what inspired you to join the competition most importantly because I suppose whenever we think about contests it's not easy there's a lot of people that got through and you've got through out of probably hundreds of people so what inspired you? Mm, Well I think this competition is quite special because it's the first heat that Miss England um, has hosted for uh, women of colour so it is quite special and unique in that sense and I, I it also happened at a very special time it happened at the time when the Black Lives Matter movement was kind of erupting not erupting but resurging and a lot of people were saying a lot of powerful things we needed to reform the systems we needed change really not just for ourselves but for the sake of society to kind of operate in a way that would be I guess equal and give people uh, an equal opportunity to kind of stand uh, as as one and not just kind of like ones here and the other people are down there so yeah. I think I, I the reason why I joined is because I really needed to like 
I wanted to be a part of the change. I was a part of um, organizing protests in my hometown for the Black Lives Matter movement when it was happening. So I was very, very passionate, but also because I do want representation. I feel like representation is something that we have lacked for so long. And when this opportunity came up, I was, I was like grabbed it with both hands. I was like, you know, it, it needs to happen. I want to see change and I cannot wait for other people to be making that change for me. I have to like be a part of the people who make history. And this is what it's all about. It's making history within Miss England. It's making history within Britain to kind of go, you know, black people do have a voice. Black people are beautiful. All people are beautiful. All women of shapes and sizes are all beautiful. And, and this competition is literally that. We've got women of different heritage. We've got women of different sizes. We've got different women of different ages, different, um, you know, intellects as well different passions and so I just think it's so beautiful it's not about like you know it's not about being all beautiful because I don't consider myself to be the most beautiful girl ever but I, I do consider myself to be a person that can represent where I come from very well and and it's all about that for me it's all about representation and, and making sure the next girl after me can go well Aminata did that and so can I so it's all about changing history from now on and that's why I joined sorry it's and, a long-winded answer <laughs> and, and where did your passion come from to represent I suppose your background and most importantly where have you grown up and how has it built you to become the person that you are today well I think it's to mention like I was a refugee when I arrived uh, in the UK so I came from uh, Senegal my family's from the north of Africa they came from Mauritania hence why we're refugees Senegal luckily is quite a peaceful country hasn't had any troubles in like maybe 40 years now so it's pretty good in that sense but where they've come from has had a lot of struggle and that's the reason why we were here and so I think for me um, seeing you know, seeing a person that, that like being that person that can be like, look, I've gone through a certain amount of struggles. I've, I've come from a, a background that when I arrived in the UK, I didn't know how to speak English. I didn't know how to read or write. So it's like, a, 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 like overcoming the odds, basically. I think I'm not unique. I, I'm, I'm, I am literally like every other girl that is, you know, at the border waiting for someone to take them in. I'm literally just someone that has worked hard. Um, so I, I, I don't see myself any separate to anybody. I don't believe that I, I have anything that anybody else doesn't have other than opportunities and the privilege to be in a place where I'm afforded those opportunities to do well for myself. And so it's, it's a matter of going, if you give people the chance to actually um, you know, reach their potential, they could actually do well with themselves. And that's what I want people to realize. And most importantly, if you can make the governments and the people and the world leaders actually realize that if you let these people in, refugees and asylum seekers, these people don't leave their homes to come here to cause trouble. They leave their homes because something severe has caused them to move and migrate. And if you give them the chance, they could achieve so much more. I mean, I, I achieved a first class honours in my uh, undergrad degree and I was so happy with that. That's something that I wouldn't have been able to achieve had, in, like, had I not been given those opportunities. So just think of the next lot of girls and boys that are waiting to be taken in that could achieve so much more with, with the opportunities that we have here. So, yeah. 
And do you find with being in the competition that it's allowed you to have even more opportunities? And in regards to, you know, your background, you know, you said that you're a refugee, you came from Senegal and your family from Mauritania as well. Mm-hmm. Is there ever a part of you that feels like, do you feel a little bit, I suppose, saddened by the fact you were given such a great opportunity, you were able to come to the UK and there were others that, as we both would agree, are not afforded those chances and opportunity. And then you've got all this talent that is mm-hmm. wa- that is almost wasted in some senses. How do you feel about yeah. that? I, I feel like very sad because I, I think like I don't, you know, like I said before, I'm not special. I just have, I, I'm just privileged to be given a chance that many others haven't been able to be given. So I feel very sad about that. And if I could literally change, you know, the their situations, I would. And I feel like this platform gives me, the All African Colours platform gives me the opportunity to A, talk about those issues, to talk about how I feel about it, and also to state facts as well. And, and, and tell everybody what it's, what it's like and what it could be like if we changed our minds and if policies were different. Um, so I, I feel very saddened and um, very disappointed because I, I feel like, you know, like you said, it is wasted talent. It is wasted, wasted youth, really. Um, you know, a lot of those kids could be doing so much more with their lives than just being in a, in a position where they aren't able to kind of help themselves. Because I, I feel like they, all they need is, is the chance and they need to be given the opportunities and the platform to kind of stand on. So, yeah, quite sad. Hearing you speak about it, it begs me to ask the question, do you remember your childhood and could you describe what your childhood was like? Um, now, <laughs> yeah, I, I can remember my childhood. I think it's sometimes it's one of those things where you choose to put at the, like, oh, it says my internet's unstable, but hopefully you can still hear me. Um, I think for me, when I think about my childhood, I try, like, I don't remember my childhood in the UK and I don't particularly remember a great deal of my childhood in Senegal mainly because I I, sometimes I choose not to (laughs) like I maybe can't like you know just put them in little boxes but I I think it was definitely very hot (laughs) like you know environmentally it was really really hot a lot of the times um it was it was also good you know even though despite the fact that I came from a difficult and challenging environment that many people maybe haven't ever had the chance to experience it was also surrounded by a a lot of family which um you know like my grandparents and stuff were there um which I I don't have here um but yeah I think it was ah clustered Mm. (laughs) clustered and warm and but also filled with a lot of people that were familiar to me which I feel like helps so yeah that's that's how I would describe it definitely definitely something that you kind of have to like live day by day kind of thing you don't live to plan you just live by you just live to survive kind of thing it's more like yeah we're just kind of you're just seeing how it goes kind of thing you know (laughs) but but that's, that's so interesting because I find some people Typically, when they're in certain environments, as you said, maybe claustrophobic in some senses, you live for the day, you don't live for the future. How have you been able to map your future out 
when perhaps your environment didn't allow you to have that sort of, you know, projection? How were you able to build that? I think for me, I had a very, um, also, uh, like in, in where I come from, your future in, in many ways is planned out for you. You know, you are going to get married by a certain age. You are <laughs> The person you're getting married to is pretty much already decided. So it's, it's like those things, you know, those things which I feel um, perhaps you don't, as a child, I didn't really have to think about that because that was already like predecided for me. So it's, again it's something that is different now because it's not the case you know it's i i have the opportunity to plan whereas then it was like you know you know where you're going <laughs> in about 10 years time where you're gonna be you're gonna be married with kids kind of thing that's like your future but i'm glad that is not the case now and now you've been able to be the author of your own destiny and the captain of your own ship what does that feel like to be able to hold your own vision and to imagine the future that you want as opposed to what other people want for you? Um, it's definitely amazing. It's something that I, I definitely do not take for granted at all. I think that's the reason why I worked so hard in school and you know in university and why I work so hard now and why these platforms are so valuable to me because it's, it's giving me the opportunity to be, um, you know, like you said, the author of my own story. And that's why I take it and I take it fully. And I'm not like, I, I'm not going to mess about with it because it means so much to me because I know there are so many people that would love this. I went back recently to Senegal to um, see my, 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 my village, which has expanded now into a little town. Um, and it's just so different. You know, I, I look at the girls that I grew up with and, and, you know, our lives couldn't be, couldn't be any different. You know, we, we, we've taken such different light. We've taken such different paths because we, you know some of them don't have a choice so um yeah i am very very grateful i don't take this lightly at all it's something that i value very much so i'm very grateful it's so inspiring to hear a story like yours and typically it's quite cliche when people say that but as you said you have to live in certain environments to understand it and um my mom came over to the uk in about the 1970s so during the windrush era had to make her way yeah. out here compared to a lot of people that stayed back home. And I'm not saying that we're not successful. We had to work to become successful. I would love to know yeah, what did you study at university and how do you envision university adding towards your dream? Uh, well, I studied something that maybe my parents wouldn't be so <laughs> kind of proud to brag about, but I studied theatre, which again was quite controversial in my family when I yeah. kind of made the announcement that's what I'm going to be studying. But it genuinely is a passion and, you know, it's something that I want to pursue. I want to go into teaching drama in the future and, and, and passing that on to young people and, and helping them kind of get into the get into their passion and, and helping them get into um the career that they want to get into via drama um so sorry i completely forgot your question because i digressed <laughs> no no no, no. i think you answer. were perfectly ans answering it i was asking you that in terms of what did you study at university and how will it help you in terms of your goal for the future 
Oh, right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I studied theatre and I think theatre for me, it's more than just something that, you know, you get on stage and you do stuff. It helped me with my confidence because when I came here, I, I when I was back home, I was very, very confident. I was very like boisterous and, you know, very outgoing. But then when I came to the UK, again, I had to adapt to a new culture, new people. I was seeing all types of different people. <laughs> just my immediate family anymore. <laughs> As you can imagine, you're seeing different cultures. And, yeah. Um, so for me, my confidence was like at an all time low and ask any of my teachers, they'd be like, oh my goodness, I mean, I was doing a competition. I mean, I went to university theater. Some of them would actually just be like shocked. So um, I think for me, it gave me the confidence to be like myself in some ways. I know mm-hmm. that sounds a little bit like, you know, cliche, but it really did. It, it gave me the chance to become a more confident person and to like embrace my little quirks as well so (laughs) it gave me that that opportunity to just be like okay yeah this is this is what I'm gonna do and I I think it it gives you that opportunity to be like you know be awkward or slightly unique with people going all right she did drama so that explains like you know that that's why she's like that but um and genuinely it, it it helped it helped and I think I can see it now especially with my job which requires me to do a lot of presentations and work with young people it definitely gives me um the, the chance to just be like more confident and to use those skills those transferable skills um now so yeah no absolutely I can only imagine that as you said being in a drama slash theater student you have all the excuses in the world to almost you know <laughs> be so different because I've done drama and I've done acting as well and people are yeah. like why do you act that way I'm like well I've been an acting drama student you know like you can't judge exactly. people just give you the pass of like but like I feel I feel like many of us want to play like we have we need to play as human yeah. beings I feel like we have the innate desire to play but because we're like suppressed by like society's expectations to behave a certain way to do things like this and I just feel like drama gives you that free pass of like I'm being myself but you know, <laughs> you know you can call me weird if you want to I'm just being me this is what we need to be so yeah <laughs> I can imagine and going on the topic of societal expectations how do you feel society has expected you to behave um I think well there's I feel like for me because I come from two almost like two different cultures I, I, I obviously I'm living in Britain but then I have my, you know, my, my culture and my, my family's culture and traditions. So I feel like in, in so many ways, sometimes I feel like I'm straddling both lanes of I'm going to be African British and then I'm going to be like, you know, Senegalese <laughs> as well. You know, it's almost like trying to like hold those two, two cultures. Um, I think it's in, in many ways, I think my, my culture has expected me to, well again go down the more traditional route do something that isn't theater maybe something like law doctor something like something (laughs) that my parents could be proud of um but as a woman I think society does expect me to as a black woman as well maybe not to be so open with my opinions about racism or um you know my opinions about in terms of my culture about women having the right to do certain things so I think expect the expectations are hard to label because I feel like they're quite insidious and they're like 
underlying sometimes their their expectations that are unspoken but they are there and yeah. so it's hard to name them unless i i don't know unless you're like living it every day so i i think you think it's quite hard to really kind of pinpoint them but i know what they are when when they occur if that makes sense because we, when we were speaking you spoke about women of color being perceived in a certain kind of way and that, you know, sometimes with the European standard of beauty, when we commonly think of Miss England, you know, we don't really see like a yeah. diversity and a representation. And mm. black women are not always seen as the most beautiful in society. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I suppose beauty is always subjective. So how do you believe that taking part in this competition will allow you to, I suppose, change the way we see beauty and the standards that we see beauty within? Mm. I think it, it definitely allows us like, you know, just like the Black Lives Matter movement, it, it happened at a time when everybody was frustrated, not just black people. Sorry, I have a small child coming in. So bear with me. That's okay. sorry that's my nephew he's just finished school <laughs> listen it's okay i love that you're a family obviously you support your family that's so lovely <laughs> exactly when i was talking about managing and negotiating space that's exactly what I'm <laughs> well he just wanted to come and say hello to his auntie <laughs> he did he was like good afternoon <laughs> honestly he's cute that's good <laughs> but he... anyway um back to what i was saying Sorry. So we're, um, yeah, we're talking about beauty answer, standards. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Beauty standards. Like, I think I was talking about, like, the resurgence of the Black Lives Matter movement and how it came at a time when everybody was frustrated. Obviously, COVID has brought about a new kind of frustration. Mm. And then, you know, obviously what was happening in, in Minneapolis and, and in America in general, and yeah. even in the UK, it just brought that anger to a boil and it exploded and we saw what we saw and it, you know, it's amazing things happened as a result of that. And I think this was one of the amazing things that obviously happened as a result of it. Um, it came around about the same time as, as the Black Lives Matter movement was happening and it was mm. really gaining a lot of traction. And so I think it gave us the opportunity to reform and to reform society's, I guess, ideas of, of beauty. You know, black women were not perceived as beautiful in history. You just have to look at the history books. You just have to look at television and casting and, and the way we are portrayed. It's, if it's a black person, it's the lightest black person. It's the black person with the um, curly hair or like, you know, slightly European features. Um, and, and that's the kind of black people we tend to see um yeah. not necessarily uh, not necessarily you know dark-skinned black women and so i think to kind of challenge that notion of black women but the darker skin all shades of black are beautiful uh and it's given us that opportunity to reform those ideas or at least to try to reform 
those ideas because I think it takes a long time to take you know to strip back the biases that we have in our uh, in our minds it's not just about hosting a platform and, and a competition like this that will take away those notions yeah absolutely not it takes years because that's been ingrained in our minds since birth you know it's 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 been there with television adverts it's been there with the movies that we watch it's been there when we've gone to school especially school you know with the curriculum with the way it it, it sort of teaches kids a wide whitewashed history and so it it it's going to take more than a competition like this within Miss England and it's going to take more than a black piece a black person or black woman to win Miss England for us to change our ideas of um of you know of, of black women's beauty of black women being a part of the beauty standards and also not generational those are the things that don't get associated with us we're angry that's what we're told <laughs> we're sassy that's what we're told <laughs> and we are you know we don't speak sense that's what we're told I think this is definitely a great place to start because this competition and my sisters they're so intelligent you know like they have so like their careers and the the degrees that they've done you're just like blown away by how intelligent and how passionate and how compassionate they are as well um about the projects that they're wanting to do and so it's phenomenal so i think it's a great place to start and i do hope that one of us gets into the finals absolutely smashing winning miss world and represent uh england no i can you hear me Yeah, I can hear you. Sorry, you were frozen for a couple of seconds. Um, no, so I was, <laughs> was going to ask you because it's what I'm curious to, to know is you came to the UK. Oh, no. Huh? You, you can hear me? Yeah. Oh. I, I can hear you, Sean, yeah. Oh, perfect. I was just curious to know that you came from one part of the world where I suppose everybody was black. And yeah. I, would want, I would love to know what was the beauty standard in Senegal because you've come to the UK You've seen yeah. that black people are not, I suppose, represented on media, in these spaces, perhaps, where they, we have such a large contribution. So what was it like with the beauty mm. standards back in Senegal? And what was representation like there? I suppose in some senses, it must have been a representation and a massive culture shock. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, just to even, like, touch on the point, like... I genuinely did not know that there were other people of other skin shades, <laughs> well, of, of other ethnicities, let's say, that were, you know, I, I, I came from a, a village where it was basically just my family, my tribe, you know? Uh, coming to England, it was like, oh, wow, there are, there is, there are people who have a similar shade to me, but mm. they're, they're, they would be called Asians and, and, you know, they would be, they have a different name and we have white people. That's just crazy and, and amazing. Um, sorry, another sister. <laughs> that's another family member. Um, no, it's okay. Everyone yeah. here can see your family orientated person. So it works in your favor. <laughs> okay. Amazing. Um, so I think, I think um 
sorry, I'm going to have to close the door. Otherwise, we're never going to get this done. Just give me two seconds, Sean. <laughs> So as you were saying. Um, as I was saying, so yeah, it was very different. But um, to answer your question, again, it's like there, even when you look at the people that are, you know, on television and, you know, on the billboards and on the packets that you buy, like soap or, you know, packets of cream, women who are, basically advertising certain products they are lighter skinned they have straight you know hair we don't we didn't have i didn't have straight hair you saw and I definitely that are represented like that are on on, on pictures on adverts they are still you know the women that don't Oh, no, 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 no. Hopefully we're going to be back. Sorry about that. I don't know what happened. It just completely cut out. So like, sorry. About I don't even know what happened. It was just there one minute and then in the next it was gone. It's okay. So that's, that's usually the issue of technology. But as you were saying. Um, goodness gracious. Uh, where was I? Um, I think I was talking about, you know, I, I, even like the, the people that you see advertised on television and advertising products. Um, they they don't you know it's it has that it has that european influence and senegal was colonized by france so you know it still still had that like influence of it was a fair it was a a black lady with really really fair skin or lighter skinned with straight hair so yeah it was definitely you know in comparison to what i see now or what what i've seen in the recent years because i feel like now television is starting to become slightly more diverse just because of i feel like they are faced with a lot of the demands that came from the the black lives matter movement um mm. so we're starting to see a bit of change but um yeah it was def it was it was you you saw people who looked i guess like you but still influenced by the european sort of culture so yeah 
I'm not sure if that's the answer you were expecting, but <laughs> that's the honest answer. No, no, I always want honesty. Honesty is the best policy compared to anything else. I think, you know, it's great to be able to speak about the experience you have because I, it's unique. I don't get to speak to people that, for example, have been a refugee, they've come to the UK and they've got a completely different experience of what it means to be black, let alone to be a woman. Do you know what I mean? Experience are so different with people and I know you spoke about an initiative called Beyond Borders and I'd love for you to explain to myself and to everyone that's going to be watching more about that initiative and any other initiative that you also are in or you've started. Um, so yeah as part of my BT with a purpose for Miss All African Colours England um, I started the initiative Beyond Borders Beyond Race and the whole idea behind that is to for us to see, so it is for, it's designed for refugees and asylum seekers, which is, um, I'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. But um, so the the whole idea behind, 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 beyond borders and beyond race is um, for us to see the humanness of the people that are trying to, you know, be a part of our society that are drowning at sea that are stuck at borders trying to get here it, it's it's for us to see that and um like i said before i don't believe anybody leaves their country um in hopes that they will get into another country simply because they felt like it it, it has to be dire circumstances and if you see the people that are, are crossing channels and seize to get here it's out of desperation it's not because they want to come here and just simply take our jobs and live off benefits <laughs> and you know take our housings our houses it's absolutely not the case at all and i think i'm i am a i'm an example and i i am i am someone who who has who has had a similar story um and that's why i don't think my story is unique at all so beyond race is also to see beyond the the person's skin color to see the humanness of that person and not to judge them by what they look like but judge them for what their intentions are and judge yes. them for what's inside and really getting to know that person and i feel like there is a lot of xenophobia around there is a lot of racism around you know whether it's explicit or not um it's still around um and so I, I want us to see beyond all of those things and that's what this initiative is all about and so i partnered up with a charity in bolton who work with refugees and asylum seekers and that's called the destitution project and my initiative is partnered up in that and so um again there we go um so <laughs> <laughs> my initiative is 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 collaborating with them and so if covid wasn't here it would have definitely been a chance for me to basically um work with them and work with their young people and to host workshops for them to make them feel uh, more comfortable and to help them to integrate into the society that they now are a part of but because obviously because of covid that initiative and and well the initiative is still there but the workshop element and the and the meeting of groups 
isn't able to happen. So I've decided to fundraise for them and I'm, I've pledged to raise £500 uh, by the 5th of um, December. And if I do that, I'm going to be doing a 15K run in two hours and 500 in 45 minutes. <laughs> wait, wait, hold up, hold up. Because I run, uh, I've run a 5K or a 10K before in about 40 minutes. Yeah. 15K, that's, that's a lot. That's impressive. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm doing it with my, um, with my sort of training buddy from the gym. He's like super, super buff. So shout out to you, Bizzo, if you're watching or listening to this. <laughs> We're going to be smashing it. But I, 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 I know that we can do it. I, I definitely think we can do it. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. We train quite a lot, so I'm happy. And squats in under uh, 500 squats in under 45 minutes. So wow. I'm happy we can bash that out <laughs> my legs would be toasty yeah do you know what i think i think mine will be too but it's worth it if no, i can absolutely. raise the five pounds by then then it's absolutely worth it so that's one of my pledges so i'm looking forward to it <laughs> and how far how far are you away from the total that you need so currently uh, i've literally just hit um uh, 300 pounds about okay. um an hour ago so it's going really well so i need about 200 more pounds so we're really i'm really really grateful to anyone who has donated so far like thank you i love love you guys so much <laughs> and um, obviously after the interview we're putting in all your details so people know where to come and donate so that's the most important thing help you get to your goal and hopefully um, above it as well yeah that would honestly be so fantastic like i'm just really so thankful because i know it isn't easy right now we're going through a recession i know that employment and money isn't liquid so not everybody is able to give the donations that they would have hoped to so i appreciate any little i can get so but i'm just very thankful that they're donating to a charity that means so much to me um and the money does go towards food vouchers uh for the destitute asylum seekers which means um asylum seekers who have fallen out of um you know government support because their claims have been refused so um they are now destitute and they don't have homes and they don't have uh the means to buy food so they're relying on the destitution project to provide them food from their food banks uh which is another uh, pledge that i've made which is to partner up with a supermarket i think that will be morrison's we've had some few conversations um to donate to the food banks um there and the other pledge was to donate um 50 face masks so um for the service users um there and that's been done so i'd like to thank anyone who's donated my nephew's here now oh, sorry. it's okay it's shut up, shut up, please. yeah you can have that close the door <laughs> your nephew loves you loves you he just wants to be all around you honestly it, it happens whenever i'm doing a meeting for work <laughs> and i'm like why <laughs> why are you here no, at this no. time I absolutely love that. And I want to ask you one more question. I want to ask, this is, this is my open-ended question that I ask to everyone. It's full of possibilities and it's endless. If you had a magic wand, what would you change about the world in which we live? Oh my goodness. You know what? The funny thing is, I'm, the all African colors have asked this already and it's on their Instagram. So I might just use my answer. And my answer was released yesterday. So amazing you've asked the right question and it all links um 
I definitely, it's something again that is linked to my past and it's linked to something that I've been through, which is child poverty. Uh, and I just, it breaks my heart when, when, you know, I, I am a big family person. I have a huge family and I'm so grateful that we're in a situation where we do have the means to be able to eat every single day. But not every child in the world is able to have their five meals a day or even a meal a day. Mm. And that genuinely, genuinely breaks my heart. And I think it goes back to the time when I went back to Senegal when I saw little kids on the streets. And I don't know if you've ever been to any like sort of third world country. Uh, you'll well, yeah, see Trinidad, that. where I'm from, is considered third world. Okay, well, in, in, in Senegal, it, uh, it breaks my heart because these little kids would, car would carry like, you know, little pots of their little pots for people to give them food and they'd go to different houses in the community to get food and it, they're relying on the community to basically feed them. But there would be kids in the city that don't have, you know, that community to be able to feed them all the time. And I, I would change that. I would not only in Senegal, but everywhere in the world I, I i don't believe any child should ever leave this earth without that basic need being met so that's something i would change um so yeah that's definitely at the forefront of my mind i do have other things but yeah <laughs> oh that's getting me <laughs> no, no definitely i appreciate the fact you're being emotionally open as well yeah i massively appreciate that it's definitely not easy. I think when we've both come from the worlds we've come from, we've seen certain things. So like in Trinidad, I've seen um, children on the side of the road having to wash, like using public taps. I've seen so much people going around begging. Um, and, you know, coming to the UK, you have such a different perspective on things. There's a, a newfound appreciation. There's a resolution. There's, there's, a vision that not many people can see in the way that you see it. Yeah, definitely. I think that's so true. I think just going back there and seeing that you almost want to change it, you know, like, and like definitely, like I sit sometimes with my mom when we just daydream about things that we could change. And it's like platforms like, you know, Miss World, Miss England, Miss Universe, uh, where, you know, and Miss All African Colors, where you are able to change at least some parts in your community that you're yeah. from, but also the community that you come from back home. And I think that's just amazing. And, and platforms, even though people perceive beauty pageants as all about the beauty element, but these women that are putting themselves out there are putting themselves out there with so much more than just their bodies. Um, they're putting them out, they're putting themselves out there with their intellect and with their compassion for the world. And they come to these competitions with the needs of their countries um and and so they, they want to make a difference and so i'm just glad to be a part of the sisterhood to be honest that can that are making that change happen absolutely and i think undoubtedly with the kind of personality you have and the things that you're doing you're going to go on to achieve not just the pledges that you have set up but a lot of the visions that you have generally carved and i think when, whenever I talk to certain individuals, I always wonder, you know, what's their purpose, what's their motive? And that's why I created this podcast to speak with all of someone like yourself and the rest of the contestants to figure out and just to mm -hmm. show people that models aren't just models or people in pageants aren't just pageants. People do so much more. Mm -hmm. So much Absolutely. more.
So I've got to say thank you so much for giving me your time. But I want to leave you with a... I want you to tell people how they can support you in what you're doing. And most importantly, what can they look forward to if you win the competition? Amazing. Well, those are very... That's a huge question to ask. But yeah, thank you so much, Sean, for having me on. Anytime. Like this, this has been the most chilled conversation ever. So appreciate you making me feel so comfortable. Um, but um, uh, how people can support me is first and foremost, if you wouldn't mind, if you want to donate to the cause that I was talking about, um, I have got a GoFundMe page, which I'm sure I'll send to page, um, not page. <laughs> I will send to Sean when uh, at the end of this. So if you want to support me uh, in donating towards the destitution project then please do so but also on my instagram as well um you can vote um to um vote for me on the all african colors competition and the finals for that is the 12th of december um and so yeah that would be a way of supporting me um and another thing well what would i what people would look forward to if i do win this um you can look forward to me giving back to the community that I've come from, um, not just the refugee community, but the North as well. There is so much to be done here. There's so much stuff that I could accomplish, but I also want to work with charities abroad in Senegal to, you know, kind of find resolutions and solutions for some of these issues that I've pointed out, like child poverty um would love to solve that but i i i'm always going to be advocating i believe myself to be an activist uh, for the black community and the black struggle that's something that i'm always going to be talking about and something that i i hope that this platform um can give me the chance to do so if i do win but those are just some of the things that um that i you know i want to do I, i'm coming here with the right intention so hopefully um everybody else will be able to see that Absolutely. I believe in this conversation, you've wore your heart on your sleeve and I think your teeth are reflective of your future bright. <laughs> oh my word. Okay. Honestly, okay. like I'm looking at your teeth and I'm like, I, I need some teeth like that. But all jokes aside, no, definitely. I think the future you have is bright. And I think if you go on to win the competition, it's going to be an absolutely fantastic person that they uh, would have given it to. So I've just got to say thank you and send me all your links and I'll put them all through. Everyone donate to the GoFundMe. That's the most important thing because issues like the ones you spoke about are very real. They're very relevant and it's something that you've experienced. So thank you so much. Oh, no, it's okay. Absolutely. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak about it. I could probably talk about it all day, all night. So I'm glad that it's shot, It's cut in 45 minutes. <laughs> Thank you so much, honestly. And what I'll do, we'll keep in contact and I'm looking forward to seeing how your future pans out. Amazing. Thank you, Sean. Uh, take care. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and I look forward to having you again. If you've enjoyed, share, subscribe follow and make sure everybody gets to have the blessing that is conversations and remember flower hour is the podcast where conversations blossom